In the holy name of Jesus, amen. One of the best ways to save is to have your savings taken straight out of your paycheck. That way you never see it and you learn not to miss it. You start by taking it right off the top and it doesn't hurt at all. It's a good discipline, a good habit. We often talk about tithing, about giving the same way. The goal is to start your budget with 90% of your income and then you learn not to miss the 10% that goes to church. You start by taking it right off the top and it doesn't hurt at all. Again, it's a good discipline, a good habit. And we all know just how important it is to be diligent in forming good habits. They help us in the times that we don't feel like doing what we know we ought to do. The interesting thing about today's gospel lesson, however, is that the folks who came by putting money in the offering box were probably all doing it out of habit. Jesus didn't say they were doing anything wrong. They were contributing to the temple treasury. They were carrying out their discipline. They may even have enjoyed putting their large sums of money into the offering box. They had the money to give, and so they gave, which is a great thing. But that means that the matter of stewardship really isn't in focus in our gospel lesson today, as much as it may seem like it at first glance. There's nobody in the text who's simply not giving to the temple treasury. And so, I challenge you not to think about today's gospel lesson as a lesson about giving. Instead, think of it as a lesson about receiving. The driving question that remains unanswered in our text today is this. Why did the widow give her last two coins? In the first place, what was the point? It was a penny. Even the IRS doesn't care about pennies. A penny rounds down to zero. A penny is nothing. Pennies get lost. And when a penny is found, we usually think it's more valuable as a good luck charm than as currency. There's no doubt that the widow's contribution made no difference whatsoever to whether or not the temple made its budget. She may as well have thrown in her last crusty bit of bread. And there's the other side of the question. How could she give those coins when they were all that she had to live on? Seems kind of irresponsible. She was a widow, a liability to society. In the Bible, there was no one more worthy of pity than widows and orphans. They had no one to protect them, no one to provide for them. And so to the widow, every last penny really did matter. Every last penny may have been the difference between eating and starving. Tossing her last penny into the offering box meant tossing away her life. And even more, if you take a peek at next week's gospel lesson, we soon hear Jesus say that the temple toward which this widow was contributing was bound for destruction. 
Not one stone would be left standing upon another. And so this widow threw away her life for what would soon be a pile of rubble. She gave her last penny for a failing institution. She sold her life for a dying cause. It sure seems like it was such a waste. So why did she do it? Well, there really is only one possible answer. And that is, this story is not a story about giving. It's a story about receiving. The only way the poor widow could give everything she had was if she had received something much better. Something that made her last penny pale in comparison. Something that prompted her to be willing to lose her life. And so, Jesus says, this poor widow has put in more than everybody else. And here's how you know. They gave what was easy. She gave when it was downright impossible. She could only give so much because she had received so much from Jesus. She's like the sinful woman in the house of Simon the Pharisee. Maybe you remember the story. That woman came in and anointed Jesus' feet with a costly perfume. The whole room was in an uproar. The disciples were outraged. What a waste of such a valuable perfume. It could have been sold and the profit been given to the poor. But that woman was praised by Jesus, just like today's widow. And what did Jesus say about her? He said that she loved much because she had been forgiven much. So where do we go with all of this? A few weeks ago, we heard the story of the rich young man. He came to Jesus asking what he must do to inherit eternal life, and Jesus invited him to sell everything that he had and to give to the poor and to follow him. But the rich man went away sorrowful. Now, as much as it may have seemed like it at first glance, that story also wasn't a story about giving. It was a story about receiving. Specifically, receiving Jesus' love, even when Jesus says things that we don't want to hear. It's in very much the same way that today's story is not a story about giving. There are other occasions to talk about giving, to talk about discipline and forming good habits and tithing. Today's story is a story about receiving. It's not a call for you to be like the widow in giving your last penny to church. It's a call for you to bear in mind just how Jesus looks at the world. Jesus isn't impressed by what people bring to the table on their own. He's not impressed by folks like the rich young man who can recite the Ten Commandments, or even by the most diligent givers, whether it's out of their abundance or their poverty. Jesus isn't impressed, because what he wants from you is for you to receive from him. The thing that Jesus sees isn't what's done on the outside. Jesus looks at the world from the inside out. He looks at your heart. And what he sees is whether you've been loved and forgiven 
and fed and healed by him. And so the remarkable, comforting, and beautiful thing is this. Once you've been loved and forgiven and fed and healed by Jesus, once you've received from him, everything impresses him. He's impressed by the ordinary things of life that otherwise go unnoticed. Luther once famously remarked that a believer who changes dirty diapers is more holy than any monk in God's eyes. And then Jesus is also impressed by the extraordinary, self-sacrificing things like the widow's contribution to the temple, which seems pointless and foolish to the world and which cost her her life. But the one thing that matters is this, that you've been loved and forgiven and fed and healed by Jesus. That's what Jesus looks for in the world. That's what Jesus notices in the poor widow. And that's why this is a story about receiving. Because when first you receive Jesus, everything else follows. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen.